When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL, and Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. The Dolphins play the Bengals at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami here, 1 p.m. Eastern time on, on Sunday. The Dolphins are 11.5-point favorites. To preview the Bengals and a look from their sideline, we're joined by Rebecca Toback. We've had her on the show before. She's done a great job. Uh, you can find her at her Twitter handle, at Rebecca underscore Toback. That's T-O-B-A-C-K. She also represents the post game, exploring culture, humanity, and lifestyle through sports. And also, too, uh, here very shortly, she's going to have a quarterback breakdown comparing the, the 2004 and 2020 quarterback classes and she said there's a lot of good Tua stuff that's going to be in there as well Rebecca thanks for joining us here today yeah thanks for having me so take it a look here Rebecca we talked about a little under a year ago and it was week 16 the Bengals I believe had just sewn up the number one pick in the draft uh, for Joe Burrow Uh, that was no surprise with that coming you know Obviously, over the last couple of weeks, Joe Burrow tears his ACL, his MCL. What is kind of the feeling going on around there right now? Uh, you know, obviously, it can't can't be a good feeling with Joe Burrow uh, sustaining such a a big injury. But what's what's kind of the feeling there with Cincinnati right now? Uh, the feeling is uh, pretty low, I would say. It's kind of um, – I don't I don't think we expected to be feeling this bad about the Bengals after getting Joe Burrow. We thought that, you know, things were trending positively the first few weeks of the season. Even though there was a lot of losing, it was a lot to be excited about. Um, and now over the rest of this season, there's really nothing to be excited about. So many players are injured. Um, the Joe Burrow injury is just like the, your worst nightmare is imagined. So – the Bengals' offensive line is not good. We didn't expect it to be good. The Bengals didn't do really anything to make it better during this offseason, this past offseason. So the worst nightmare imaginable is Joe Burrow having a major injury, and then, of course, that happens. So uh, I think the morale and feelings in Cincinnati are pretty low, especially just watching the two backup quarterbacks who have played since his injury and how really awful they are. Um, and the drop-off between Burrow to Ryan Finley, and then now Brandon Allen, who will be starting this week against the Dolphins. And, and even as a Dolphins fan, it's frustrating to watch because I, I felt like the Bengals actually did things the right way this offseason. They draft Burrow number one. They don't get cute with it. And then in the second round, they draft T. Higgins, who, you know, with five games left in the season, has over 700 yards receiving. An absolute steal. They're coming out of Clemson as the number one uh, pick in the second round this past year. So, you know, Joe Mixon also, you know, goes down with an injury. He's on injured reserve, might come back, may not. 
throughout the rest of the year. Giovanni Bernard has taken his place there at running back. Do you see him getting the Lions share of the carries here? Yeah, Giovanni Bernard will definitely get the the bulk of the carries this week. But last week, uh, the Bengals have a backup quarterback who hasn't started a game. And for some reason, Bernard carries the ball 10 times. And this is just inexplicable to me, especially because they were not behind in by much. Like in mo- most of the game, they were losing by like three points or winning or tied. Um, so the fact that he carried the ball 10 times is just absolutely mind-blowing that you really have to question the play calling there. And then Samaje P. Ryan, who's the backup, um, he carried the ball once, it, it, maybe maybe not at all. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure why the run game was so barely used last week. Um, but yes, Gio Bernard will be the, the starting running back. And hopefully he'll see a lot more time on the field than he did last week. Yeah, and if you're right. It was a 19-17 loss, and, and the game was very close throughout the entire contest with the Giants. It was pretty surprising that they didn't run a lot more. And wide receiver, you know, this this looks to be one of the strengths of the team now. I mean, Tyler Boyd, 72 catches this year, a lot of which were with Joe Burrow, but, you know, still a very productive player. And actually, he had two touchdown catches against the Dolphins in our game last year. T. Higgins, we talked about. A.J. Green also kind of going through a frustrating year. I mean, maybe, you know, he's been in the year for 10 years or the league for 10 years now. What do you have to say about this kind of wide receiver unit uh, in, in addition to that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like between Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. T. Higgins, his connection with Burrow was just fantastic. It was so exciting seeing the two of them, and I expect that that combination of Borrowed Higgins is going to be something we hear about for very long and very many years to come. Um, but I, I really can't expect that much from the two of them this week against the Dolphins just because Brandon Allen has not been very successful. I mean, I think he had um, just, what was it, uh, 29, 29 attempts last week for 136 yards. So uh, there's not going to be that many um, completions to go around among them. But Boyd really has been just like, if you don't consider uh, the quarterback position, the MVP of this team for really the last like three years. Um, And A.J. Green has been very frustrating with him. I think he's frustrated. And there have been games where he's done better um, and had, you know, signs of returning back to the A.J. Green we all know. But he's definitely not the A.J. Green that we have grown used to over the last 10 years. Um, He's slowed down a lot. He can't create the separation he once did. He's dropping balls that you would never expect him to drop in past years. So he's not the guy that he once was, but there's always just that chance for him to have a breakout game. And I think we've been waiting for that. Um, And yeah, the the wide receiver position on paper, it looks great. Um, But then Auden Tate this week was put on IR with a shoulder injury. He's now done. And he had some flashes, but also some questionable coaching there about why he wasn't used earlier in the season. Um, Mike Thomas is another guy. He's also hurt currently. He's had a bunch of drops. Um, I don't know. I think he might have been limited in practice yesterday. So we'll see if he ends up playing this week. Um, and then Alex Erickson is someone who Bengals fans have grown very frustrated with um, at the wide receiver position. He is really the kick returner, but the Bengals, uh, for some reason, insist on using him on offense, which hasn't been a great idea. But 
yeah, I think Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins for sure are bright spots on the team. And another bright spot, or at least it seems like it from where I sit, uh, Jonah Williams, they get back this year. He misses the 2019 season with an injury. And I, I bring that up because even though the rest of the Bengals offensive line with, with Bobby Hart and Alex Redman and Quentin Spain, you know, you've got at best just a bunch of guys. Right now, the Bengals pick third in the draft. They're 2-8-1. and one, And a popular uh, choice for them right now is Oregon offensive tackle Penny Sewell to give them two offensive tackles on the outside to protect Joe Burrow. Too. I don't know how much you've looked at the draft or looked at Sewell so far, but is that something that you would like or would you kind of want to go to a different position? Yeah, I, I think that I, I definitely would like that. I'm a little bit concerned about how ready he would be to like start week one and be an effective tackle in the NFL. Um, I think there's you know going to be tons of evaluation between now and April where that's discussed. Um, I would really like to see the Bengals bring in a high-quality starting offensive lineman in free agency who we know is capable of, like, protecting Joe Barrow in week one. Um, but I think all signs point towards Sewell being the pick at this point, obviously. Long way to go. So many monsters between now and April. Um, but, yeah, the offensive line really is the top priority, both in terms of what they have to do in free agency and the draft because they didn't, you know, they didn't really – Consider that last year in free agency um, when they maybe should have. Yeah, it's it was a little surprising to see him re-sign Bobby Hart a couple of years ago. I know that's been a sore oh, spot man. for for Bengals fans. <laughs> fans. What a you know not, not to not to pick at a scab here, but it, along the offensive line, you know Jonah Williams, you know appears to be the best player, and feel free to correct me on that. Um, other than that, what would you say is the biggest weak link on that offensive line? Um, I think, well, right guard has been an issue throughout the year. There was three different starters within the first five weeks, and then they, they had cut Alex Redmond prior to the season beginning. Then they bring him back on the practice squad. Then all of a sudden he's starting again. It's really just been a rotation of injuries and benchings um, throughout the entire line. So, And then they brought in Quentin um, Spain once he was cut from the Bills. That has been, honestly, the absolute best thing to happen to this offensive line this year. Uh, he has been great. He ended up starting immediately, like two days after getting into the building, and did really well. Um, and now he's played every game since he's been here. So... That has been helpful. Trey Hopkins is is pretty good at um, at center. He is a solid point there. It's really the whole right guard, right tackle, and then you know Jonah Williams. It's his first year starting, so he has been good. Um, but there have been quite a few sacks that were his responsibility, um, and really him kind of missing his assignment there to to let that happen. So, but he, I think, you know, he's definitely a future long-term starter for this offensive line. I think whether he stays at left tackle or moves to right tackle next year, depending on who is brought in um, is up for debate, but yeah, it's the, the right guard and right tackle spots have been a very sore spot. Yeah. And if long-term you have Penny Sewell at left tackle and it allows you to move Jonah Williams to right tackle, you get Bobby Hart off the roster and yeah. now Joe Burrow's got those <laughs> offensive tackles <laughs> there on the outside. On the defensive side of the ball, Rebecca, you know, I'm looking at, at the sack total here, and I only see one guy 
with more than one sack on the year, and that's Carl Lawson, uh, the the defensive end, outside linebacker hybrid. You know, is this kind of a reflection of of how the Bengals' pass rush has been all year, or is it you know some players should have more sacks than that? No, that that is really a reflection of how the play has been this year. I do think Sam Hubbard was hurt for a large part of the season. He's back now, and he, you know, he's playing decently. But coming into the season, we thought the defensive line was going to be a huge strength, and that the pass rush was going to be a huge strength of this team. That has completely proven to be wrong. Um, it's not a strength at all. It's a major weakness. It's even possible that the defensive line is more of an issue than the offensive line and that the defensive line needs to be addressed just as heavily as the offensive line. There's also maybe some coaching issues there. I don't know how much um, you guys have all followed the Carlos Dunlap drama because there was a lot of drama, um, a lot of, you know, airing out issues with the coaching staff there. Um, and that's continued. There have been reports that the defensive coordinator doesn't listen to the players, doesn't um, ha- has really his own agenda. Uh, there's a lot of concern there. So um, it's it's uh, it's crazy to think when you have Geno Atkins as one of your starters that the defensive line could be as bad as it has been. Um, but the pass rush has essentially been non-existent. And Carl Lawson is is playing really well. He's going to be a free agent this coming off season, and he should be re-signed by the Bengals. Um, but he can't do it alone, and there's really not much help being had there. And the Bengals defensive coordinator Rebecca's talking about is Lou Anarumo, who is the Dolphins' previous defensive backs coach and actually was their defensive coordinator uh, for uh, on an interim basis. And I've got to say, yeah, Rebecca, if I forgot if that. we if we never see a Bengals defensive coordinator here in Miami, <laughs> it would be too soon. Vance Joseph, uh, Kevin Coyle, and Matt Burke. Oh my gosh, uh, I, I I can't even begin to explain to you how bad they were. But I, I hopefully a lot the, of a lot of our coaching no, issues are from a lot of our coaching issues are from the Dolphins. Obviously, the offensive line coach is also a former Dolphins coach uh, who, who I, uh, I'm sure you don't Zach have Taylor, that yep. fond memories of. Oh, no, I, well, I didn't even, I wasn't even talking about Doc, Zach Taylor, but also Zach Taylor, but um, I'm blinking on his name. What the um, Bengals offensive line coach who, who was the guy involved in the bully gate with you guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jim, Jim Turner. Yeah. I, yes, I do Jim remember Turner. that. Yes. Who also, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of thoughts about him and his coaching mentality and philosophy in Cincinnati. So a lot of uh, yep, issues I, between us. The word caveman was thrown around, around a lot with Jim Turner while he was here. Uh, we, I mean, I, I would say we were surprised to see Zach Taylor be the coach of the Bengals, but I don't think a lot of us knew he was here. So he was, it, it, <laughs> so yeah. not, not a, not a good or a bad opinion, but um, yeah, it's, 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 and I, you know, I'm not trying to pick on the Bengals here. It's just, a, it's, it's a rough it's time. <laughs> it, it is. They're two, eight and one. Uh, and and the, the good news is, you know, whether it's, even if Joe, the injury goes into next year, Joe Burrow in 2022, and beyond, I mean, he's only going to be 26 years old, and we certainly saw a lot of ability with him at quarterback. Uh, but looking at the defense as well, I mean, one guy that always sticks out to me too is uh, free safety Jesse Bates. He's got three interceptions on the year, 
a player that I really liked when he was coming out of Wake Forest. Um, they've also got William Jackson at one of the cornerback spots. How, how was the secondary done so far this year? I would say they started out the year pretty strong, um, and Jesse Bates is absolutely phenomenal. He has been all year. He has been throughout his career. I think that he is deserving of an all-pro recognition this year, and I think actually um, the the Dolphins coach mentioned that this week in his press conference as well. Um, and then William Jackson, he, he started the year strong, but he's been very shaky in more recent weeks. I think it's been interesting to see kind of the secondary evolve. There's been a lot of injuries. Um, and there was one week where it was William Jackson and then a bunch of practice squad guys who were the only cornerbacks on the roster due to COVID and injuries. And William Jackson actually ended up being like the weakest link at the cornerback position that week. So like some practice squad guys outplayed him. So he's been very up and down. Um, I think a lot of it depends on who he is covering um, in a given game. But um, but Jesse Bates has really been the the focal point of that secondary and and someone who hopefully the Bengals can really build around as they continue to figure out what they're going to do on defense. And Von Bell is someone they brought in um, this this offseason in free agency, which was like kind of a really um, the Bengals don't bring in a lot of big name free agents. So it was very exciting to see them do that. And he's been pretty good up and down last week was one of his best games actually um and you know that's that's kind of to be expected in a new system your first year with a new new coaching staff um so he's been good I think the safety position is maybe the strongest of the positions on defense right now yeah they did spend some money here this past offseason on defense they they signed Mackenzie Alexander a corner they signed Trey Waynes at cornerback, who I believe hasn't played this year because of injury. They also signed yeah. uh, defensive tackle DJ Reader uh, to a lot of money as well. To to yeah, pair with Geno Atkins, a oh, Reader's also hurt. Um, yeah, yeah, he's actually, been out since maybe week two or three. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, Reader was the biggest signing um, they made, and then he has been out uh, and won't be back this year. So. Very disappointing. When it rains, it pours. Kind of, yes, indeed. And it's like the Bengals never spend in free agency, and then their biggest free agent signing in years gets injured immediately. It's just, of course, it's like as Bengals as a guest. Yeah, and I when I look at them, I, I I look at I look at 2022 and beyond, having having Burrow, Mixon, the wide receivers, Jonah Williams, Jesse Bates at safety. So definitely some good pieces there for the future. Maybe not so many good pieces heading in to the Dolphins-Bengals game here on Sunday. So, Rebecca, what is your score prediction here for this weekend? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) I expect a a big Dolphins win. I will go 24-6. to And there you have it. We are joined by Rebecca Toback here on the Finn side. And be sure to look out for her uh, piece here coming out comparing the 2020 quarterbacks to the 2004 quarterbacks. It's Rebecca underscore Toback on Twitter. And Rebecca, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me. That will do it for our breakdown of the Bengals-Dolphins game here on the Fin side. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. 
it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side. It is on the fin side. So D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.